You're listening to Colorado Sportscast Podcast. This is the Mortcast featuring Jeff Morton. Now, here's your host, me. Thank you for all for joining me on the latest Morecast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. I appreciate you all uh, sticking with me. Um, this is a bit of a, a, an extra special one today because I, I, I'm kind of feeling myself right now. And uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, we won't we won't go there yet. But I think I, I would like to express some some notes that I took, uh, and this is rare for me because I rarely rarely take notes on these games. Um, I don't I don't go into these uh, because I don't like uh, being uh, someone who doesn't live in the moment. Uh, one of the best parts of of me being me. Uh, not to sound arrogant, but one of the best parts is the fact that I allow myself to be someone who is, in essence, a fan. Someone who has been uh, a Nuggets fan, quote-unquote, since you know he can remember. And I think part of that experience and part of, uh, the, the, of what that entails is someone who just lives in the moment and lives what this Nuggets team can bring and what they, uh, and living, you know, kind of like living and dying, like the rest of you guys, you know, you don't go into a game with a notepad and say, okay, I'm going to write this all down. It's because I, I, that's just the way I, that's not invalid. That's not to invalidate anyone else who does the same thing. I've never considered myself going to quote media member. So uh, maybe that is part of it. I don't, I don't look at it as something, well, First of all, I don't get paid for this stuff. So uh, obviously, in that sense, I'm, I'm not. If if I was getting paid, I would have reams of notes. But it's a different situation. I'm in essence a fan, and I experience this as a fan. But I experience this as a fan who has done this sort of thing for a very long ten years now, and I've experienced this as a fan who has watched the Denver Nuggets since uh, basically consistently since 1987. So what I try to bring is that experience and someone who has watched a ton of playoff runs with the Nuggets uh, and has watched some awful times and someone who can speak to at least the experience of knowing this organization as well as I do. And I, one of those things is I kind of felt, and this is, was something that I really kind of wanted to hammer home in my last podcast, that one of the very smart things George Carl did in the 2008-2009 Western Conference final season for the Nuggets was he had Dante Jones, and this was an all-season thing, by the way. So people, some people corrected me on Twitter. Yes, he did that all season. Uh, Dante Jones would start basically for about seven minutes to start the game and then another seven minutes uh, at the start of the third quarter. 
Um, so essentially, Dante Jones played about 12 to 14 minutes a game. Uh, and I kind of suggested that the Nuggets bring in Torrey Craig to do that because what they were missing is one thing. I said this in the last podcast, and I said it on Twitter. There was one guy who was hurting the Nuggets, and that was Derek White. One. It wasn't LaMarcus Aldridge. He did what he always does. It wasn't DeMar DeRozan. He does what he always does. It was Derek White. And to a certain extent, a much smaller extent, it was Blen Forbes, uh, particularly in Game uh, 3 and Game 1. But honestly, the Nuggets, when they approached this game, the the game two was kind of interesting because they played the same way and they lucked out by Jamal Murray going nuclear. Uh, Plus, the bench really played hard in the third quarter and brought them back. Um, This game was, as soon as the Nuggets came back in the second quarter, you knew the Nuggets were going to win this game. And it's because you could tell the Spurs were struggling because Derek White couldn't get, get off. He wasn't, he wasn't getting loose from uh, Gary Harris. Um, and that was, something, that was something that was greatly aided, greatly aided by the fact that um, Torrey Craig was out there alleviating a ton of pressure from Gary Harris to be the only perimeter defender out there. Obviously, no offense to Will Barton, but he's not going to do that. Uh, and Jamal Murray has well documented offense. Uh, excuse me, defensive struggles. Having two guys out there who were able to defend really was the folk. The folk, I hate using this word, but the fulcrum of what the Nuggets were able to balance off of. Um, Nikola Jokic had twenty nine points. Um, I mean, almost another triple double, and uh, he had, he played great. But here's the thing. If the Nuggets don't insert Torrey Craig in the lineup, they do not win this game. At least they insert him into the starting lineup. Obviously, he hit five threes. You don't expect that from someone who generally isn't a great three-point shooter, but he really performed well down the stretch for the Nuggets. So obviously, maybe some of us out there who are Torrey Craig on offense skeptics should understand that he was performing better and doing a what's classically known uh, as a 3 and D guy. Um, Some guy like Bruce Bowen used to do that, ironically for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Bowen used to come in and uh, basically, you know, chuck threes and uh, do defense. And back to coffee today, folks, drinking coffee. Um, So obviously that was a little different um, that the Nuggets, when they were able to bring that in, uh, there was a lot of suggestions of Malik Beasley. I would not necessarily have had a problem with Malik Beasley coming in. Uh, problem with Malik was, you know, uh, he's not to the level of Torrey Craig defensively. Torrey Craig's always going to bring it effort-wise, and whatever you get from him on offense is gravy. But on effort, you this is going to sound horrible. But this is not meant to be that way. You'd always need a try-hard on your roster. And Torrey Craig is a try-hard. Um, guys who don't necessarily have that much, you know, as much talent as, say, a Nikola Jokic or a Jamal Murray, but who will always give you max effort. You always need a try-hard. And the Nuggets were missing that. Whatever was going on with, I mean, Will Barton had 12 points. 
um, played a little more relaxed in the second unit. Um, quite frankly, uh, something that he doesn't uh, agree with, but I think is completely true. Tory Craig is much better off as a six man. Was brilliant as it at it last year, and I think uh, the Nuggets took a very small sample size of his performance the previous year with a, a lineup that was essentially the starting lineup. And extra and what happened was when he came when Barton came into the lineup in January, I don't the Nuggets kind of their the whatever snappiness they have kind of decreased. They were still winning games, but. They're, they're to a large extent what they were accomplishing while the injuries happened with that included Paul Millsap um, was diminished, and it not it wasn't necessarily Will Barton's fault, but it wasn't working. And Barton obviously, you know, whether he's still he's still injured or if he isn't fully healthy or if he you know whatever's going on with Will. Um, it was probably clear at the end of the regular season that Will Barton needed to have a reserve role. And what happened in this lineup was the Nuggets became the team that you saw through three quarters of the season. They took control of the game in the second quarter and never get, never let it up. Um, and you could tell that the Spurs, other than Patty Mills drawing fouls, had no answer. Uh, and that really basically culminated in DeMar DeRozan throwing the basketball at uh, Scott Foster, which was, if he doesn't get suspended for that, I, I, I don't know. Um, but all the self-congratulatory bullshit aside, uh, it's not to pat myself on the back. But it's just to really give uh, head coach Michael Malone some credit for. A, I said this on Twitter today. He does. He's not the quickest to change. I don't think that's because of quote loyalty. It's because he, as I said in the last podcast, he lets change dictate to him rather than dictate the change. It is. It is something you know, all of us have noticed going all the way back to the Jokic Nurkic. Uh, thing back in 2016 uh there was a he just needed to have it made plain to him that there should be another way to go and to his credit when he changes he makes the decision with finality and there's nothing wishy-washy about it and uh, unlike you know when the Nurkic stuff was going on when he was really wouldn't communicate very well with Yusuf Nurkic, which is why there were some hard feelings when uh, Nurkic left, other than Nurkic's own poor behavior. Um, a lot of that had to do with poor communication by uh, Michael Malone. He has really improved with his communication in the two years since. And he went to Will Barton, and he said, this is what we're going to do. Obviously, you've seen some quotes from Will Barton saying that he said he didn't agree with it to to the coach, but... You know, basically, he would do what it takes for the team, which was a, a stand-up thing for Will Barton. I, I think his quote got taken out of context. You needed to read the whole thing. Um, it, it really was something that he was saying, oh, yeah, I, of course I don't agree with it, but I'm going to do what's best for the team. And hopefully he 
eases himself into that reserve well. Now, I started off the podcast with what was really the two moments that the the axis really fully tilted in the Nuggets direction. And that was when um, excuse me, when uh, Jamal Murray hit a last second 3 uh, at the end of a shot clock and he did his uh, slam dunk, which was great. There's some uh, pictures online of uh, Derek White looking over at uh, at Jamal Murray after that. And uh, it was great. You know, should, you should check that out on Twitter if you can find it. Um, I think that Murray's playing better had a lot to do with Torrey Craig being in the lineup. Um, for whatever reason, Will Barton's presence in the starting lineup had a, I wouldn't say negative effect on Jamal, but when you have someone else in the lineup who needs to dribble the ball as much as Will Barton, it becomes kind of distracting. And sometimes, and and, and this is maybe a credit or a deficiency of Jamal Murray, he does have a tendency to defer when there's another primary ball handle out there. Because he's really not a point guard. He's, you know, he's always really been a two. Uh, and so he will defer to Monte Morris, and he deferred a lot to Will Barton when Barton would dribble. Obviously, everyone defers to Jokic, but let's remove that for a second. Obviously, no, Jokic had a tremendous game yesterday. I'm not going to take anybody, anything away from Jokic, but that shit's kind of expected at this point. And what the Nuggets were missing was a guy to come in and be energetic, first and foremost, because this team had no energy. Um, and, and second of all, they needed a guy who would basically force Jamal Murray to concentrate more and be more of a playmaker and uh, make his offense. I mean, when you have to, and it's coming back to the whole Derek White thing. Derek White was the only problem the Nuggets had. One problem, Derek White. They needed like two guys to come in. One guy to cover, kind of cover DeRozan, and that's what uh, Jamal, that's what uh, Torrey Craig did. And you needed a guy to come in and really put the clamps down on Derek White, and that's what Gary Harris did. Credit to Gary Harris on that, by the way. Um, but you needed that to happen. One reason that benefited Jamal Murray on offense is that he didn't have to chase Derek freaking White all around, because Will Barton, for whatever reason, just uh, he was. Both he was bad at both covering DeRozan and Derek White, and Jamal Murray was having to do it. Now, obviously, we know he's not a great defender, and when you're constantly having to think about your defending, you're going to be terrible on offense. And they needed another defender in the lineup to really take the pressure off. Now, what I didn't expect was Paul Millsap struggling as much as he did. Think about it this way, folks: if Paul Millsap hits. Any of those shots, and a lot of them were in and out uh, in that first half, uh, the Nuggets wouldn't have been down by 10 or 12 in the first quarter. Um, in fact, um, if Mil- Millsap has in his normal game, uh, the Nuggets likely run away with this game. That's how significant that change that Malone made was. That was one of the biggest lineup decisions that I've seen made in, in a quite some time. Um, 
on, on a Nuggets team. It, it fundamentally altered the way the Nuggets played, and they became the team that that was before Will Barton returned from injury. Once again, let me reiterate, it's not necessarily Will Barton's fault. The other players kind of behave differently with Will Barton in the lineup. And I think there is a pressure release valve for Will Barton when he comes off the bench. And I think when you get inserted into the starting lineup, it's a completely different mentality. There's a different way you have to approach the game. Uh, It's just, it goes along the lines of, of table setting, tone setting, everything, everything that you do as a starter, everyone else builds upon. And I think Will Barton is better off as someone who is the guy who builds upon rather than sets the tone. And I think we will see Will Barton kind of, as the kids would say, unlocked um, now that he doesn't have the pressure of being the starting small forward. Yes, there's prestige that goes with that. But as George Carl always said, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who starts the game. It's who finishes the game. Now, Will Barton did not finish this game, um, but at the, in essence, Will Barton, what he provided was, especially when he hit, I believe it was a three in the fourth quarter, early fourth quarter, that really kept the Nuggets lead about, uh, I think it was, it got down to seven and it got that, and it went back up to 10 when he hit that three. I believe that was a moment where the Nuggets basically sealed the sealed the sealed the deal, and at one point the Nuggets got up by 18, uh, and the game was really not a doubt. Even though San Antonio made its little run, there, there was no doubt the Nuggets were going to win. So we're moving on to Game uh, Five. They were tied two-two. Um, there were people who were doing head dives off the Nuggets bandwagon after they lost Game Three, and. Welcome you back in. Come on back in. It's okay to come back. The Nuggets are in a position right now to where they can take a firm control of the series. And I don't necessarily think there's a ton of pressure on them. And I don't necessarily think they think that way. I honestly think the Nuggets needed to have that loosen up and that game for victory, they looked like a team that knows it's better than the Spurs. And actually, I do, that's, I said that after the first game uh, in that locker room and talking to them. None of them had any concern that they were the better team than the Spurs. And what was happening is the Nuggets were had their lineup combinations wrong and they needed to adjust. Now, obviously, Popovich will adjust again. He may throw Bertans in there to throw the Nuggets off, but the, but the, 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 the key... For this Nuggets team, as I and let me reiterate, was to stop Derek White. It ain't Patty Mills. It's not Lamarcus Aldridge. It's not Demar Rosen. It was Derek White. They had let Derek White get off, and what was shown was that when they made Derek White basically turn into Derek White again, um, this Spurs team became what they always were—a average team. And the Nuggets need to have, and it seems like they have understood this, and they understand it now. 
and it's good to see. <laughs> I am I am really really happy that Nuggets uh, looked like a, an extremely confident team once it sunk into them that were they were the better team. And honestly, that is one of the best revelations we have seen from the Nuggets lately. On to game five. It'll be Tuesday night at Pepsi Center. Contact me on Twitter at jmorton78, or contact even Nate Timmons at at or Nate Timmons CSG, or uh, Ross Martin uh, at Hi Roscoe. Contact us all on Twitter. Give us your thoughts on the Nuggets. I mean, we all appreciate it. Uh, this is an exciting time. Also, the Colorado Avalanche advanced to the second round of the Stanley Cup um, playoffs. Fantastic. The Colorado Rockies have started to win. Fantastic. It's a good time to be a Denver sports fan. Um, and I, I really, really am looking forward to seeing more of this. So, anyway, I will be talking to you guys later. I'm going to let the Black Crows play us out. <laughs>